Four times, sweetheart. Uh, give you all that. For being in your place. It's Friday night. Wow. I guess y'all are too tired. Uh, you have endured a week of preaching. They that endure to the end shall be saved, the Bible says. So thank you so much for your faithfulness. And I hope that you're praying as to what God wants you to do. Let's be in prayer for uh, Sunday that the Lord would honor what's been done this week. And, and the, greatest, uh, the, the greatest thing we could do is be burdened and just listen to God and what He wants us to do in this area of missions. I am thankful to have my family tonight. I love my wife and I'm thankful she's been able to be with me all week. And then having my mom... Uh, with us, we just moved her to Michigan, and and uh, she's still dealing with obviously the death of my dad, her husband, and and then having to move from the mountains to Michigan, and and uh, then just have to pile in sometimes and travel with us, and so you pray for her. But I'm glad she's here tonight. I love her, and uh, she's one of the sweetest ladies you will ever meet, <clears throat> unless you make her mad. And it seems like I'm the only one that ever does that, but, uh, you know, but she's got Indian in her and I, I tease every now and then she gets on the war path and, and, uh, but no, I love my mom. So thankful the Lord has worked it out for God to, to let her move up to be with us and, and to be able to take care of her. Uh, my dad, one of the last things he told me is he said, Brian, he said, I can't, he said, I can't do it no more. He said, it's your job now. I said, Dad, you've got my word. To the best of my ability, she'll be took care of. And um, kids, God will honor you if you honor your parents. Honor your parents. Don't matter how old you get, honor your parents. Amen. And uh, I'm so thankful for a wife that's in 100% agreement. We promised each other before we ever married, we had a serious conversation. And I said, here's how I feel. Uh, as their son... If they ever need anything, whatever I got to do to get it, that's what they're going to have. If I got to borrow money, if I got to give them something, if I got to, whatever it takes, mom and dad will be took care of. And I said, what I can promise you is I'll make the same promise about your parents. And uh, we've tried to do that over the years. And what I can tell you is God's always honored that. Amen. And I'm glad to have my children with me. Thank God for them and, and just how the Lord uses them and looking forward to the weekend and uh, the rest, I know you'll be looking forward to the rest tomorrow and then being back on Sunday. Please be in your place and let's ask the Lord to help us. I want to just kind of culminate everything that we've uh, heard and, and maybe just draw it to a head. You know, the difference between preaching and teaching is preaching requires you to do something with it. It's confrontational. You have to make a decision. And, and I want you to... Hopefully all week God's been working on your heart. And if you're like me, sometimes what God wants is a little bit more than I thought He was going to want. He wants a little bit more than I expect or what I thought. I want to deal with that tonight in a message the Lord gave me. And really it was for me. It helped me. And I hope it will help you. Exodus chapter number 4. We're going to read the first five verses. And then I'll preach what the Lord's laid upon our heart. Exodus chapter number 4, verses 1 through 5. The Bible said... Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. 
And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Now we understand where we're at in the story. God has told Moses to go to the people of Israel, and he's already spoke to him through that burning bush and said, You need to go to Israel. And Moses is looking for reasons not to go. He's looking for reasons to get out of it. And the Lord said, What's in your hand? And he said, A rod. He said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and called it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I do want to take just a moment and again, thank you, church, for your generosity to us. Thank you for the great meals all week. Pastor Zavosky, thank you for your time and just the, 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 the fellowship. It has been, we, we went to Baker Bookhouse today. And thank you to those that helped me and my wife be able to buy a few things. And, and uh, I wish I had a large credit card because I would have just asked them how much for the whole use section. Amen. I love books, love reading. And uh, thank you so much. We enjoyed it. The fellowship was as good as the books, and and uh, and I just appreciate your pastor, love him and his family, and and church. Your gracious comments means a lot to us. But let's pray. And then I want to deal on this salt with the help of God tonight. Cast it on the ground. Cast it on the ground. Father, we love you. I pray you help us tonight. Use me. Help us just to be able to summarize everything that maybe you've been working in our heart this week and really determine tonight what we're going to do. Whether uh, those that are here, I know the rain and the weather's probably kept some from being able to come. And I pray everyone that's watching by live stream, I know some had to work, some had to go out of town, and I've been told by several that they're watching, some dealing with hospital and sickness, and God, we pray for each and every one of them. Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of your people that's attended each night. I pray you bless them in a special way. It, it means something to you. It means something to their pastor. It means something to me. And I ask of you, God, to reward them for their faithfulness. Bless the word of God tonight. Use me. God, it's just a message without the touch of God. So help us tonight. And God, I am thankful for the blessings of God. I'm thankful, Lord, for your touch. Help us tonight in the message now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want to deal with this passage, and really, I guess, if we were to summarize what we're going to be talking about, it really boils down to faith. I don't know about you, but the Bible is very clear that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now, we, we, we read that and we know that, but have you ever stopped and thought about that? You can have all your ducks in a row. I'm not, I know mine's not. I'm not even sure where to go looking for mine most of the time, but... You can have all your ducks in a row. You can have your right theology, use the right Bible, be in the right church, say the right things. But God said, if those things are not done with an element of faith, you can't please Him. I don't know about you, but I want to please God. I want to please. I just don't want to go through the motions. I want to please the Lord. And notice, just jumping right in the message here in, in the text, notice first of all, if you're taking notes, I see the forsaking that God expected. The forsaking God expected. Now, God has appeared to Moses back in chapter number 3, that burning bush, and there's a whole lot of preaching in these chapters, and I know your pastors probably preach many messages I have, and 
And, but Moses really, God said, Moses, I want to use you to deliver Israel. I want to use you to, to set my people free out of Egypt. Is that not what God wants to do with you and I as a church? He wants to use us how to get people delivered out of Egypt. Egypt in your Bible is a type of being lost. It's a type of people not knowing the Lord. And God wants to use us to get people out of Egypt. And he comes to Moses and, and he says, I want to use you. But Moses is arguing with God about what God is expecting. You ever argue with God? Oh, I know us past folks. We want to say, no, I've never argued. Oh, we do. If we're honest, we, God wants things or expects things and we're not sure what He wants and we've all argued with God at one time or another. God, So God just looks at Moses after Moses says, you know, they're not going to believe me and they're going to say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And so God just asks him a simple question, what's in thine hand? Now I'm not preaching on that. Great messages has been preached on that. But Moses answers him a rod. And do we understand that for the last 40 years, Moses has been a shepherd? It's irony that, Pastor, that, that, that Egyptians viewed shepherds as the lowest of the low. And Moses was under Pharaoh. Most commentators say that he was in line to be the next Pharaoh of Egypt. And he goes from the highest position almost in Egypt to the lowest of being a shepherd. But for 40 years, he's been on the backside of the desert. For 40 years, he's had this staff, this rod in his hand. And, and there's some things about that rod and a shepherd that we need to understand. I've had the privilege of being in many countries. And even how, where I pastored in, in the mountains, there was a lot of guys that, that, hurt, that had sheep. And they didn't necessarily hurt them. But over in Kenya and over in Africa and other places that I've been, I've been able to see them herd sheep. And the Maasai tribe, they have tons of sheep. And, and you'll still see them with their staff and I was talking to one of them and I asked him on the side I said how important is that staff do you just go out in the woods and just grab any old stick they said no it's got to be right it's got to fit your hand it's got to serve the purpose I mean no doubt for every shepherd that I've talked to hey this staff this rod for 40 years has been in Moses hand they don't get rid of it. They don't substitute. They didn't have five staffs that they used. They, they took time and meticulously whittled one or had one made and used it. And, and this staff, I'm just saying it was prominent in the life of Moses. It was a priority. Every morning he got up to do his job, that staff was in his hands, kind of like your cell phone. In our day, most of us don't go anywhere without making sure, where's my cell phone, amen? And I'm just simply saying that, that this staff was, was a priority in his life. It was very practical. He used it every day. And this staff that is so prominent and such a priority and so practical, God says to Moses, that thing you got in your hand, that thing that means a lot to you, that thing that you've used for the last 40 years, that thing that's almost a comfort to you, throw it down. Cast it down. In other words, God's not just saying just throw it away. God's saying give it to me. Give it to me. If I'm throwing it down, that means I'm taking my hands off of it. 
Boy, that's tough. To throw it down, to cast it down means that I have no control over it anymore. May I ask us tonight, what is it that God has been dealing with your heart about from this past Sunday to tonight about casting down? Maybe it's your wallet. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your life. Maybe God wants to use you on the mission field. Maybe God wants to use you in a ministry. Maybe you've been holding a part back of your life. Maybe there's something else. I don't know what God may be asking you to cast down but maybe it's your family or your marriage or your ministry or your finances or other problems but God is saying to you tonight I want you to cast it down to me I want you to give it to me God says Moses if you want to get to the next level if you want to be what I want you to be this rod that is significant to you this rod that is special to you cast it down To cast it down means I take my control, my will, my wants, my authority, and I put it at the feet of God. Maybe your job, maybe your pocketbook, maybe what you're asking God to, uh, what God wants you to do, or He's asking you to do in this area of missions. He wants you to put it all at His feet and take your hands off. May I say to you and I, if we're going to be used of God, we have to. To cast it down. It might be a sin tonight. It might be bitterness or anger or whatever it is. But God says the only way to get to the next step. Cast it down. Give it to me. We're going to make a difference in someone else's life. Is that not what God's wanting to do with Moses? And if we want to make a difference in someone else's life. And by the way, is that not what the Christian life is supposed to be about? This whole conversation that God is having with Moses is not about Moses being used for himself. It's about Moses being used of God to help someone else. I believe we've missed it in many churches and some Christians because we think it's all about us. You realize God does not call anyone to preach for their sake. He calls them to preach so they can help someone else. God doesn't uh, give you singing ability for you but for someone else. God doesn't give you a good job. I love what the pastor said last night. How You know, God give you a good job because he knows that you can give, you can help someone else. Many, and There's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. But I'm saying God gives us talents. He gives us ability. He gives us things and they're not for me. They're what God, what do you want me to do? Casting it down. God wants us to cast. What is it with missions this week that we're supposed to cast down? What is it for the next year that we're supposed to cast down? This whole conversation is about how Moses can help someone else. And may I say, the whole reason we exist is to make a difference in someone else's life. It's not about us. When you look at the life of Moses, Moses is content. (laughs) Moses is happy. He's satisfied. He's got a wife. He's got children. He's been, listen, 40 years there. Man, he's adjusted and everything's going good. And God says, Moses, I want to use you to make a difference. And the only way you're going to be able to make a difference and go any further is that rod in your hand that signified the last 40 years of your life that signifies everything you are as a person. Cast it down. Give it to me. Trust me. 
I don't know how much struggle Moses had in his mind. But I think it's human that Moses probably thought, well, if I throw it down, what's he going to do with it? Right? I, mean, that's a, I don't know if he asked that, but I know many times God says, hey, I want you to do it. I say, okay, God, what, what are you trying to do there? What, what's your intent? What's your purpose, God? What, 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 what are you trying to do? Many times God says, I want you to do this, but God, what if it don't turn out right? God, I want you to, and God says, I want you to give this amount, but God, what if I don't have the money down the road? God, I, uh, God says, I want you to give this huge amount right now. And you say, but what about this and that? I'm just saying, I don't know what it is tonight, but I'm saying many times we come to God and God says, cast it down. And we say, but what if it don't go good? Is that not normal? The forsaking God expected. But number two, the fear Moses experiences. Moses obeys God. Moses says, okay, God, it's yours. And he cast it. I'm sure our brother, he said he was a youth pastor for five years. That's where all the gray hair come from. Amen. And I'm teasing. When God said, why don't you go to Bolivia? I'm sure there was a part of you said, well, wait a minute now, God. I've kind of got a good thing here, five years. What? Bolivia is in a state of unrest. Our ministry has trained many pastors and uh, national pastors in Bolivia. And it's, it's just horrible what's going on over there at times, as our brother explained. But I'm simply saying, sometimes God says, do it. We say, okay, God. And he casts it. He takes his hands off of it. He gives it to God. Woohoo! Bells ought to be ringing. Roses ought to be blood growing. I mean, just he ought to have goosebumps. I mean, celebration ought to occur. God's going to do something great. Now, wait a minute. Verse 3. He cast it on the ground. And it become, it became... A serpent. <laughs> Wait a minute now, God. <laughs> I don't want what I cast to God and that I give to God to become something that frightens me, scares me, or makes me uncomfortable. Do you? God takes this beautiful useful, great rod of Moses and turns it to a nasty, cursed, slithering, slimy snake. I hate snakes. I don't like them. People say they're only good snakes. I don't even like them dead. I don't like them. It's the only creature in the Bible that I can find, Pastor, that even a millennial rain, it's still crawling on its belly. It's still cursed. God don't like them, I don't think. I'm just saying that I don't want to touch one. I don't want to pet one. I don't want to hold one. I don't want to look at one. I don't want to be around one. Preacher, there's, there's good There is no good snake. I don't care if they're poisonous or not. They bite and they slither and they're a picture of Satan. I don't like snakes. I was preaching in Texas, and the pastor I had preached 
all day long on a Saturday, gave him my heart and preached soul winning. And pastor, I, I got done. And he said, Brother Treadway, come in the office. I said, wonderful. He said, we'll have some fellowship. I said, wonderful. He said, I got a great coffee machine in there. I said, wonderful. About the time we get to the office, he said, I also want you to see my pet snake. I stopped and said, we're done. He said, no, 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 brother, come out. I said, I ain't going in your office. He said, Brother Brian, it's in a tank. I said, I don't care what it's in. I am not going in your office. But you ain't getting a love offering. I said, keep your blessed love offering. I'm not going in there. Ain't happening. Had a stupid rattlesnake in an aquarium. I said, are you an idiot? You said you did. No, I did. I said, are you kidding me? What are you doing? Oh, she's, she wouldn't hurt a fly. Let her out. But let me be in another state before you do. I don't like snakes. My dumb son. Y'all forgive me. That's a term of endearment in our house, okay? I really mean that with a lot of love. My oldest son's 25, and that dumb boy thinks he's a snake whisperer. He carries snakes all. He was a golden state, brother. He worked for Tesla. He was one of the guards outside of Elon Musk's office. He, know, he met Elon multiple times, and, and he would, they always called him and say, Hey, in California, in the concrete jungle, the boy found snakes. He'd put them in his pocket and play with them all night while he was at work. I said, Whose son are you? He had to get that from her side of the family. He didn't get that from mine. He, he, he loves them. He, he thinks they're great. My 20-year-old daughter back there will grab them. I'm like, are y'all nuts? But listen to me. How many times, listen, sometimes God says, just trust me, trust me, trust me. And so we finally take our hands off. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to sow win. I'm going to give to missions. I'm going to sacrifice. Whatever it is, here it is, God. And what God, what does God do? He turns it into something that we did not expect. Now stay with me. A snake. Commentators say more than likely this was a cobra. Makes sense in that day for that to be. I don't know what it was. I don't care what it was. God took Moses' rod. Something that was special to him. Significant to him. And he turned it into something, please hear me, carnally speaking. It looks like God's done wrong, Pastor. It looks like God's been unfair. It looks like God's been evil. Why would you take my beloved staff and turn it into a snake, God? Stay with me. I don't know what you've thrown to God in years gone by. Sometimes we cast it. and God does something with it we don't expect or even like. God says, trust me and give it to him. And then we do. I, I was just talking to a preacher that right there, right before COVID, God told, spoke to him and said, I want you to quit your job, go full time, trust me. And the minute he did, COVID hit. He was starting another business and it was a restaurant and it was in California. And for a year and a half, he couldn't even open it. He trusted God. He did what God said to. And it sure looked like from a worldly perspective, God took his faith. God took what he gave to God. And it looks like a snake. You understand what I'm saying? 
Moses, give me your rod. God, this is a special. Just give me your rod. He gives it to God, and God turns it into something I promise you Moses didn't expect. And many times we will trust God. Well, I remember one year someone, new Christian in our church, we preached missions and, and, and we took up our free will missions giving, faith promises, what we called it, and, and, and they promised to give a certain amount. They were a new Christian, they were excited, and they lost their job that week. And they called me squalling, preacher, I did what God said do. I knew the amount. I trusted God. You know what they're saying? They're saying, I cast my rod. And God's turned it into a snake, preacher. He's done something with it. Well, why would he not? Bless? He should have gave me a raise, not let me get lose it. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Really, God? A snake? You went in prayer. You went to your Bible. You went to church needing answers, needing help. You've come to the missions conference looking for something from God. And what you got in your eyes looks an awful lot like a snake. And it looks, notice I said looks, like God's being unfair. Have you given something to God and it become a snake? I gave my kids to God the night we were married before we ever had the first one. We prayed as a couple. Say, God, they're yours. Gave my marriage to God. I've given my children to God. Gave my spouse to God. My family to God. Maybe you're here tonight and you've not cast it yet because you're afraid. If I do, if I give that amount all year, if I give that offering, if I trust God, if I, if I answer the call to God, if I go do whatever God said do, maybe it's ministry related. If I do that, preacher, what if it don't turn out right? That's where we're at with Moses. Are we not? What are you afraid to cast tonight? Because you're afraid of what God's going to do with it. Pastor said it one night. People are afraid to say, Lord, here am I, send me, because the first thing they think is, oh, God, please don't send me to Africa. Can I tell you? I'd live in Africa if God let me. Kenya is absolutely beautiful. And you can live really good on a whole lot less than you can live here. But God ain't going to send most people to Africa. Most parents, oh, God, use my kids. Just make sure they live right here near me where my grandkids are close and where I can be right there with them. Come on now. God, I want you to use my kids, but don't turn it into something I, I don't like. God, I want to completely surrender. Here's my life. Now, God, wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't do that. No, no, no. You understand what I'm saying tonight? I've seen married couples that one spouse is saved and one's lost. They say, oh, preacher, pray. My spouse is Oh, praise And then God saves them. And then they got two saved. You ever seen that happen? And all of a sudden, preacher, I want them with, to, to be saved, but they're, they're going overboard now. You know what they're saying? God did something with what I wanted, with what I, he did something I didn't like. What are you afraid tonight to give to God? What are you afraid is going to happen? What are you afraid is going to take place? You say, well, preacher, based on what you're telling me with Moses, you sure ain't convincing me to, to cast it. Well, let's see how it turns out before we're done, okay? 
Notice not only the forsaking God expected and the fear Moses experiences. And by the way, it's very normal when we give something to God for there to be a fear, a hesitation, a doubt. I've heard preachers preach, if you really trust God, there'll be no fear. I don't find that in Scripture. You want to know what believing God and faith is? It's 1% more you trusting God than your doubt and fear. Hey, listen to me tonight. There have been many things God's asked me to do. I did it, but I did it with trembling, and I did it with, oh, God, please, I'm trusting you, but how's this going to work out? God, thank God. He said faith is a grain of mustard seed. You know what that means? That leaves a whole lot of the room for my fear and my doubt sometimes. In a perfect world, there'd be none of that. But can I tell you, God understands we're human and we're frail, and God's not asking for all of that. And I think the more we grow and mature and the more God does, the less we ought to have perfect love casteth out fear, but sometimes our love ain't perfect and mature. Here's what God says. Just trust me a little bit more in your fear. Trust me a little bit more. Notice not only the forsaken God expected, the fear Moses experiences, but number three, the fleeing that ensues. The fleeing that ensues. When Moses sees that God didn't do with it what he thought he should do, he runs. Now, I'm assuming, but I believe my assumption's right. If the snake is here, he throws his rod down, it becomes a snake. Do you think he's running toward the snake? So is it safe to say without adding to the Bible, he's running the opposite direction of the snake? I believe he is. Okay, so he runs the opposite direction. Is that not like us tonight? How many people have we seen do this? God didn't do what they thought he should do. God didn't didn't answer the prayer the way they thought he should answer it. God didn't let the pastor be what he thought they should be. So they leave the church or they quit tithing or they quit giving them. God didn't answer them in that Bible. They've not read their Bible in six months, but they just opened it up for the answer and just trusted God and put their finger on it. And it wasn't what they was looking for. We've all seen it. We've all done it. Many times, God doesn't do what we think He ought to do and we run. We, we, we quit praying because this seemingly God didn't answer that prayer. We've cast our stick. We've given Him our burden. We've told Him our concern. By faith, we've done what He said. And at the end of it, He didn't do it the way we thought. And we run. What we're really saying when we do that is God didn't do what I thought. So I'm running away. By the way, if Moses had run away, what would have Moses had? Nothing. Everything God is going to do with Moses, pastor, is tied back to that rod that God is asking for. It's now a snake. And Moses either deals with the snake or he misses out. What are you running from tonight? What are you scared to face? What, what storm, what situation, what amount? What, what, what is God asking you tonight that you're running from? If we interviewed Moses at this point, he'd say, I don't know what God's doing, but I want no part of it. Here's the snake, here's Moses. The fleeing that ensues. Then notice the faith that's exhibited. 
the faith that's exhibited. The Bible says it, it becomes a snake, serpent and Moses fled from before. That word flee means to turn and run. That's how I know he was in the opposite direction. So here's that snake. Would y'all picture it? Here's, here's my rod, God. It becomes a snake. And if it's a cobra, they can jump at you. I imagine the minute that rod become a snake, Moses immediately, if it's me, it ain't taking but one millisecond and I'm going to be the fastest human being you've ever seen. I don't know how fast Moses runs. I don't know how far he gets, but he's going the opposite direction. And somewhere in there, God says, Moses, hey, God, stop. No, no, no. Well, okay, God, I'm... And I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly what happened, but snakes there, Moses ran. Notice the faith that has to be exhibited here. Moses, <laughs> here's what I want you to do, Moses. Turn around. I need you to go back to that snake, Moses. Would you stop and think about that? Moses, not only do I want you to turn around and go back to the snake. I want you to catch it. Moses, that thing that you're scared of, that thing that you don't think I'm doing right in, that thing that you think is going to hurt you, I need you to stop running. I need you to go back. And I need you to grab it. Look at verse 4. The Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, at this point, I say, God, okay, I'm, I'm done. Just whatever you got to do to me, do it. Put me in a whale. I, I'm done. I, I'm over. The faith. Do you think Moses turned around and just, okay, God. No, 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 no. I think Moses stops, he's listening to God, and he's... You ever seen a kid that you tell them to go pick up their toys, and they don't want to pick up their toys, or you tell them to go to bed, and they really don't want to go to bed? You notice how they have a low, low gear? A four low? I think Moses is kind of... There's a snake! And not only does God want me to go back, God, you're trying to kill me. You know what I know from my son and from watching dumb people that pick up snakes and, and, and these videos on, 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 on National Geographic and all these others, and, and if you pick them up, you're the exception, okay? But the worst place, I'm told, to grab a snake is by the tail, because it can whip around and bite you. God, can I grab him by the head? Can I stomp it? No, Moses, I want you to pick. Would, would y'all, we read these stories. How would you be picking this up? How would you be? Gotcha, God. He just ran because he's terrified. He has to catch it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Take 
thine hand, take it by the tail. He put forth his hand, watch now, and caught it. This thing runs. Now Moses is having to really exhibit faith. God, is sure hope you know what you're doing or I'm dead. I wonder tonight, that thing that you are so scared of, that thing that you think God's not doing good by you, that thing that you're so fearful to just trust God in, I wonder tonight if you'd be willing to say, okay, God, notice this is not blind faith. He's simply obeying God. And it would take the God of heaven in a very clear, audible, loud Forceful voice for Brian Treadway to go pick up a snake. That's what God does for Moses. Moses, pick it up by the tail. <laughs> I know it can bite you. I know you can die. I know it won't be pleasant, but Moses, I need you to trust me. You know what I believe our greatest sin is tonight? Simply not trusting God. Been praying over them numbers. Maybe you're up here in the $5 tender range. God's down here in the Cobra range. He's not even in the hundred, He's in the other. He's in the big amount. God, you, you don't understand. <laughs> How am I, Lord, you trying to kill me? I promise you he's not. What are you fearful of tonight? I can't preach to people outside the walls. I'm trying to help you. This can be scary. Let's just be honest. Because when we listen to God, God always honors sacrifice. What's he asking of you tonight? Maybe it's not so much this that's bothering you. He's wanting you to step out in some area. Maybe one of you young people, God's been dealing with you all week. Maybe one of you older people. I know of a pastor just recently, 70 years old, resigned his church and is going to the mission field. 70. He should be a grandpa, great-grandpa. And God said, I need you to go. One of my preacher friends said, why are you doing this? He said, because God said, and I kept praying for someone to go, and God said, why not you? Well, he probably don't have long to live. I'm sure Moses felt that way when he's picking up that snake, but he trusted God. What is it that God's wanting you to do tonight? that you're running from or afraid to pick up and trust God. Notice lastly, and I'm done, notice the fruit that's exceptional. Moses picks it up. Verse 4, the Lord said, Moses, put forth thine hand, take it by the tail. He put forth his hand, caught it. It didn't kill him. It didn't bite him. It didn't poison him. It became a rod in his hand. Now, wait a minute, preacher. Why go through all this mess when it becomes the same 
thing it was before he ever threw it down. But did it? Look in Exodus chapter 4 and verse number 20. Same chapter, verse 20. Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass and he returned to the land of Egypt. Watch now. Mark it in your Bible if you mark. And Moses took the rod. Would you say it with me, church? Of God in his hand. See, when he picks that rod up, it's no longer Moses' rod. It's no longer a human instrument. At this point, it's no longer the rod of Moses. It's the rod of God in Moses' hand. And all throughout Moses' journey, he uses the rod to cross the Red Sea. He used the rod to, to bring water from the rock. He used the rod for the miracles in Egypt. This rod of God is used. Moses stands on the hill to fight the Amalekites. And he holds the rod of God in his hand. See, when we turn our finances, when we turn our life, when we turn our family and our children and our ministries and our churches and everything about us over to God, God gives them back to us. But the difference is they're not ours. They're His in our hands. Which means it's his, it's my job. It's his job in my hands. It's his money in my hands. It's his children in my hands. I'm asking you tonight, what is it that God has been knocking on your heart all week? About trusting, about stepping up. Preacher, it's scary. It's, it seems almost like God's asking too much, like it's just too much. I promise you, if you could grab Moses at the end of his life and say, Moses... Do you ever regret throwing that staff down? I believe Moses said, oh no. I just wish I hadn't acted like a dummy and ran from it. I'm asking you tonight, what's God want from you? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. What, what is it tonight that God wants you to cast down?